Hey, I'm Bonnie Chibuka and I'm on tip this week. The people crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Tune in for disruptive conversations, experiences, and more we wouldn't normally share on tape. Coming up on this week's episode of On Tape. a lot of other people back home that are going through these things but mm-hmm. your parents will tell you we know Chejo for boys they'll say you your boy your man was there a teacher who had a particularly strong influence on your life while at school did you get in trouble as a child what was the worst thing you did so my parents had gone but there's a car at home i escaped from school went home picked up the car so yeah. i caused commotion in the whole school he told yeah. me get out of my school right now so we just walked through those gates to the Kenya side without paying anything without travel documents we're not rich but we were happy like we yeah. had what we needed i mean sometimes you'd miss three meals a day but like that was part of life because what i imagined for my life is not actually what happened but what happened was better than what i imagined i feel like as a child i was who i'm now growing into being humble takes you a long way in life i see you have a cool mic i'm going to work hard get it get it get it get it get it get it Hello beautiful people. Um you're welcome back to yet another episode of On Tape, the podcast. Um I feel great actually. Um happy new month. It's March. Um Feb Feb was amazing. Um we had our month of love series which you know the response was just amazing and um the feedback from you guys so that that was really nice um i also just want to you know take the time to appreciate everyone that you know put themselves out there um for this month of love series um especially the blinded episode um which you guys seem to enjoy so you know let's just give it time and then we'll see if um if we can do something like that again and probably do it better because yeah now we've tried it out and and we know what it looks like yes but um uh, much is here and um it's women's month um i love women's month you know it's a month that's dedicated to just empowering and celebrating women and i felt that um i wanted to do more collaborations this year i really want to do more of that and this this episode um that we're having today is actually an episode that's been a long time coming um i think we shot this in earlier this year and yeah it was it was so amazing to finally sit down with this person especially because we've been interacting for a while virtually but to just actually sit down and have a conversation and um this was a homecoming kind of addition for this guest so in theme with that i wanted us to talk about childhood um childhood is very it's a very important conversation to me because i feel like all the questions that we have as adults right now the answers are probably somewhere in our childhood um my childhood for me is it defines a lot of who i am today it's shaped a lot of the way that i behave my work ethic the way that i relate with people all of that has been shaped by my childhood the people that i interacted with in my childhood the kind of um experiences that i was exposed to and all of that so i felt like uh it would be a fun uh fun conversation to have just around um our childhood especially growing up as ugandans as africans and yeah what that looked like and how that has definitely contributed to to the people that we are today yeah so i i really hope that you enjoy this conversation it was just so raw and 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 fun you know i had such a great time shooting this i really really hope that you enjoy it 
and yeah without wasting any more time i hope you have an amazing month i hope you enjoy this episode cheers Hello and you're welcome back to yet another episode of On Tape, the podcast. Um, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. I hope you're doing well. And um, today I have an exciting guest with me. <laughs> I'm going to let him introduce himself. But uh, this episode has been—it's been a long time coming. Yeah. It's been a minute, and finally he's here. So I want you to introduce yourself because I don't want to and. Uh, Sell you, but first introduce yourself to these amazing people. Hello, everybody on the tape, the podcast. I'm so honored to be on here. I was one of my plans when I came to Uganda to just collaborate with other people who do podcasts. Before I introduce myself, I want to like appreciate you for the work you do. It's amazing. I've been listening to your episodes. I enjoy the one for Rian. I enjoy the yeah, one nice. the lady who did the animation cartoon. You're asking oh, about that, that was that was good. I know you had issues with the audio, but I listened through it, and I, know. <laughs> I remember messaging you like as a content creator too. I know t- sometimes things like that happen. Yeah, it happens, and then you don't have, you but you have just to have to put going. the work there, and it's yeah. a learning lesson. But anyway, to everybody listening to this podcast, my name is Bonnie Chivuka, born and raised in Uganda. I currently live in the United States of America in Michigan, and I'm the host of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show podcast. I, yeah, <laughs> I just finished my live show on Saturday, Ooh, which yeah. I think we'll talk about. I thank everybody who was there. And yeah. it was part of my plan to come and do some podcasts here when I'm in Uganda. Um, but also the other thing that people don't know, people think I'm a full-time podcaster because they see the work on, mm. on YouTube every time, all the time. Like, but I'm actually not. This is just a side gig. Um, not a side gig, but it's a, it's a hobby. I do it in my free time and on mm. full-time I'm an aircraft mechanic. Nice, nice. There's a lot to get into, but before we even get into it, I want to first ask you the three little questions mm-hmm. that I ask everyone that comes on the podcast. You've kind of already given us an idea, but on a deeper level, who are you, where are you coming from, and where are you going? What comes to mind? Yeah, like I said, I'm Bonachibuka. I come from a small, small family, um, poor family. Mm. Um, a lot of people, when they see me today, they think I came from a rich home. I think I was actually doing a interview at NRG, yeah. and I, I told them I'm an aircraft mechanic. It's like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And I told them I grew up in a poor family, and my journey to the United States is, was crazy to be there. But that doesn't define who I am, and I tell people that where you come from does not define who you are. You can yeah. change that narrative. Think- where I'm going. Yeah. I'm going far ahead. I don't even know, but like, I just want to keep being better. As long as I'm being better, changing my best, you know, like there's no time to settle, like changing your best every day. When you do something great, then you know you can be even greater. So yeah. where I'm going is like just further, um, have my podcast still going, make it bigger, uh, okay. share our stories. And my career, I want to go like higher, the higher I can go and just keep doing my career. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's what I can say. That's nice. So getting into the podcast, obviously, I went for the live show. And honestly, it was just, I was just super proud. It was nice to, because I, I think I started listening to the podcast earlier, like mid last year, I think. And for me, it was just super, I hear you when you say it's like, um, it's not a side thing, but it's hard to explain. Like, you know, when you do something, it doesn't pay you, but you're showing up every day. And it's hard to explain to people that I'm putting all this effort into something that's, that's just a side thing, something that I'm just doing. So I hear you. So what's it been like? this homecoming edition, coming back home, the love that you've received. Do you feel supported by your country? What's it been like, really? Yes, I feel supported by my country in Uganda. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because everybody was asking me, how were you able to pull off this live show when you're not even in the country? That was the craziest part. To sit down and think about that, like to have, I, I set up everything before I was here, like the sponsors. Yeah. You know, people are here in the country struggling to find sponsors for their events and stuff. They're like, how were you able to pull all that off? And how are you able to pull off this cool 
live show, which I'm thankful for people even to say that. But it has been connections. Um, I have a lot of people on the ground that have connected me to all those sponsors you saw on the live show. Yeah. Uh, people who connected me to the venue. I want to shout out to Nyanya Supreme. She connected me to the CEO of Koteri. And that's why I had my uh, thing there. So it was a blessing because it's been connections. And people thought, oh, you must have a lot of money. You must have put a lot of Yes, we put some money in, but it would have been more expensive if I didn't have connections, if I didn't yeah. know people. Um, but also the other thing is to the love in Uganda is great for my podcast. It's Uganda, Kenya, and the USA that I hire, and the people that are listening to that. And Uganda has been great because we've been nominated twice in the Paul's Awards. Yeah. And we've won through those because of the efforts of people who are voting. I know people are voting around the world, but the homegrown people have really, really supported me and loved me. And the number that turned out for the live show was amazing, was great. I talked to the owner of the place and he said, I think we had about 150 people. Obviously, That's a very small place. Yeah, and it's a very small place because yeah. even before the live show, they told me they can only seat 50 to 70 people. Yeah. And I called them, I'm like, I have a lot of people I want to come. But then at the end of the day, the manager was like, we had to just get extra seats and people sat <laughs> and it was amazing. So I loved the support from the people. And there was still a lot of other people who messaged me that were not able to have to make it. Yeah. But I was happy that people came. So I feel really supported by the people back in Uganda. And even you guys who have podcasts here in Uganda yeah. to see you show up, to come and support your other uh, podcasts. I was amazing to see you guys in the audience. And yeah. I love it. I loved it. I love it. I feel like as an industry, Uganda is definitely growing. Like podcasting was not a thing before. You know, you couldn't really tell someone, hey, this is what I want to do. But I feel like with people like you, it's now becoming easier for younger podcasters mm -hmm. who are starting to be like, hey, I want to be like Bonnie. Mm -hmm. I want to be like who. So I yeah. love that you're doing that for us. And I know you've gone already around on all these shows and gone deep into that. So I don't want to talk about I mean, I know we will talk about content creation today, mm -hmm. but I don't want it to be the main thing that we're talking about today. And because this is like a homecoming edition, I wanted us, this is home, yeah. this is family, I wanted us to have a conversation around our childhood and inevitably how that has contributed to who we are today, what we are doing and all that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so, do you, so who has been the biggest influence in your life? What lessons did that person or those people teach you? I would say the biggest influence in my life has been my dad. My dad and I, when we were growing up, we didn't really have that close relationship. Like, you know how parents can be, like in Uganda, sometimes you, people are scared about their dad. The dad comes in and all of you run away and just scared you, you're afraid. <laughs> so, like, yeah. but it's crazy because when I turned like 18, 17, um, things started changing. I built this relationship with my dad to an extent where we're like buddies, like we're friends. Yeah. Like I'll tell my dad anything. He'll tell me anything. We can talk about stuff. Um, anytime I have something, anytime I have a decision or a question, I'll call him, hey, dad, this mm -hmm. is what I'm going to do. And then he'll ask you questions. He'll be like, why do you want to do that? Well, like he will try to guide you with questions yeah. to make sure you have answers for them. So I feel like he's been a big influence in my life and the way I look at life perspective. And he has helped me to, to guide me. So I would say my dad has... My mom too. I don't want to like ignore her saying yeah. like she did not do... She has done a lot um, helping me in knowing God too, um, in my faith and my journey. So those two people have been, been mm -hmm. great. Well, that's amazing. I feel like I can also relate because my dad too has definitely been the biggest influence in my life and we're so alike. Like he's he's just a go-getter and I feel like he has taught me that there are no impossibilities in life. Like whatever it is, you can figure it out. Mm. So yeah, you fathers, shout out to fathers yeah. who are out here inspiring. Mm -hmm. So now you get to ask me. Let's go. One. Yeah. People who are just listening on Spotify, you, you can't see this, but we have questions in the <laughs> can. And for people who get a chance to see it, we have conversation starters. Yeah. So yeah, that's why we get the questions uh, to ask. All right, this question says, what traditions, if any, have been passed down in your family? Okay, so I come from a very small family, but then also small and very young family. How small? Family. Uh, like we're five. 
five is small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all of us. Oh, with the mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and okay. like I say, young because my parents are pretty young. I think my dad is only about forty-four now. Okay. So it's at that point where my brothers are finally becoming teenagers. I feel like we are in the process of mm-hmm. creating our own traditions. Before it's been a lot of this is what my mom got from her side. But I feel like we like to travel together. Okay. Actually, that's like one thing that's probably... Yeah, my family and I, we've done a lot of trips, both in and outside the country, but we love to experience like new things together. And yeah. I know I say that from like a privileged point, but for me, traveling has done a lot for me in terms of exposure and just like understanding how people think or even how different pe- mm-hmm. people, you know, kind of look at life. So I'd say that's a really nice tradition that I would want to continue with my kids. Where have you guys gone? Interesting that you're a states person. So um, the first time I left the country, I think, was with my family in mm-hmm. 2010. Okay. So we first stayed in San Francisco for a while. My father was doing some work in America? there. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah wow. California. Yeah, so that's the very first place that I traveled to. And then from there, even just traveling to places like Fort Porto, mm-hmm. I feel like in that time that I learned a lot, even just seeing how my father processed, my parents as adults processed everything and mm-hmm. all that. So I feel like that's, that's the exposure. No, that's yeah. great. That's great. I didn't know you've been to America. I should have asked you that before. What, what year was <laughs> yeah. that when you went there? That was like 2010. Oh, wow. 20, that's before even I went. That was like 2010, I think. I've not been to San Francisco. I've been to LA. Mm. Oh, but I want to go to San Francisco because I'm a NBA fan and I like the Warriors. Ah, the Warriors. San Francisco. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's crazy you say that because it's the same thing uh, with me to like travel. And ever since I went to America, any, every time I come back, I like to get my family and we do a road trip. We go somewhere. So like mm-hmm. the first time we went to Arua, the you know, time we went to Maction Falls. Yeah. Um, I take them to like different places in Uganda. We just do Uganda. Um, and then we travel together. This year we did not. But also another tradition that I do now when I come back, yeah. I take all of them to Cafe Javas. So uh, like oh, yeah. I I take, my family and I do that a lot yeah. too. Is it a Kampala thing? Like when know. we're meeting with family, <laughs> it's like... I took like you know. 10 people with the kids to Cafe Javas and we just gather long tables. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, but definitely eating together, traveling together, I feel like those can bond you mm-hmm. and the family. And, yeah. Yeah. So ask the other host anything you'd like to know about them. Mm. What do you do besides podcasting? Oh, interesting. <laughs> I'm a digital marketer. Ooh. So I, yeah, I work on the internet. So I do social media strategy. I do graphics and design. I'm also an animation and visual effects student. Oh, nice. yeah. I guess sometimes I don't know how to explain to people that the podcast is both a hobby and my mm-hmm. work. Okay. It's like, you know, part of what I want to do even yeah. for life. What was your favorite game as a child and why? I played football a lot. Oh, that yeah. was my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. We played football. I got caned for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. We got caned for that. Um well, yeah, playing football when yeah. we we didn't even have a soccer ball. Uh, mixing soccer. Is it the, and football. the Cavera type? Yeah, there was a Cavera the one. Game. There was a banana fiber one. Oh yeah. I actually have the banana fiber in my office just nice. just to look at and just bring back the memories. Ooh, I've seen your studio. Yeah. I love yeah. your studio. Did you do so that really, yourself? Yeah. I'm so. I think I've seen reels of you doing it. Mm-hmm. I am so into DIY. Like yeah. I am so into doing things yourself. I did everything by myself, painting, organizing. Yeah. And it's crazy because yeah, it's I'll crazy. be on the internet watching somebody's studio. I'm like, I really mm. like that. So yeah. I go to my studio and then I adjust it to that. Um, yeah. And it's been a blessing to be able to do these things for myself because mm. one of the challenges from podcasters, as you can, you've had, is finding space to yes. do their work, their podcasts like this for a lot. So for me, when I got that in my basement, it's been amazing to, to have that studio. Yeah, I wish more Ugandans thought like that because like a lot of content creators here when they think I want to do podcasting or I want to do YouTube, they think I need to, you know, go pay for a big luxurious studio, mm-hmm. buy the best microphones or what. But yeah. I just wish people knew that you can just start where you're at mm-hmm. and you keep making adjustments and That's getting crazy. better as time goes. I was taking a trip when I was in Kampala here Yeah. to some of the locations. I'm not going to mention names, but we asked them about their pricing of the session. Mm. And to do a session, one hour is 350000 Jesus That's Christ. without editing. Damn. Editing is 150. Mm. So you look at it like you're going to spend 500000 to do an episode. One episode. And, and that 500000 <laughs> you could have bought a mic, you could have bought yeah. something for your own. Which I'm not against people having 
places for other people to record. For but sure. if you're just a startup, that's not a good idea. It would be nice for like these people, big, yeah, the big companies, po- if yeah, you're companies. Being supported by yeah, the companies. Yeah. If you want to do like a podcast, that uh, that would be a good idea. And I mean, my cousin too has a studio at Ivory Plaza. I don't think his prices are this expensive. Yeah, but he has an opportunity there. And if you find these affordable places. They can like help you to do that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we need to do that more because like I don't even want to think about how many people haven't started because mm-hmm. I don't have microphone though I don't have what. Mm-hmm. But you know, improvision. I have a friend that's just started a podcast and she uses her phone. Yeah, and she, you I know, did that so too. All, me too. You I know, so that. I'm just like, I don't understand. But anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're still actually on okay. that. Why yeah. you yeah. didn't say why football was the favorite? Oh, game. I didn't say why. Yeah, football. you didn't say the why. No, I liked it because all my childhood friends liked that. Like uh, that was the thing. Like we just was it like your opportunity to connect with yeah. your friends? Yeah, spend time. Together. Spend time together. We played football for like money, for anything and everything. Yeah. It's just it was just a life. All right. How would you describe yourself as a child? Were you happy? As a child. As a child, I was very much in like the most purest of ways. I feel like I was, if you can be yourself, I was as myself as I could be. Mm-hmm. I was very bubbly as a very bubbly child, very into entertainment, dance, music, writing, arts, everything. Mm-hmm. And I think definitely I should, you know, I should not have ignored all these passions that I had as a child. But I feel like as a child, I was who I'm now growing into. The version of me that I had kind of put aside because of society and all this pressure and all that. But in, in my purest form, I just feel like I was very bubbly, very into the earth, outside, trees, soil, very loving, wanting to just pour love into things. Yeah. And yeah, but I think I was I was happy overall. Yeah. What about you? I was happy. Um, I grew up with my brother. Yeah. I only have one brother, yeah. my older brother, and then my mom and dad um, who were happy. We're not rich, but we were happy. Like, we yeah. had what we needed. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you'd miss three meals a day, but, like, that was part of life. So Dang. it's not something that I would think about that it's yeah. going to piss you off. Now that you think about when you can't have three meals a day, you know yeah, life was hard. But when you're in the moment, you'd be like, as long as I've played football, yeah. as long as I've seen my friends, you'll be happy. Mm-hmm. But now the society has taught us of the things that we need, the things. So now when you don't have, that's why we have a lot of unhappy people right now. Yeah. Because back in the day, even when you didn't have shoes, you were still happy because mm. you knew something that you treasure. But like now, when you don't have the nice shoes and you have this venue it's you're supposed to go to, like, Wanangi, I don't have the shoe. I think, what am I going to wear? It's in a dress. Which is, mm. And then you, you'd, be, you'd be sad. But I would say we were happy. Our parents loved us. Um. It was was a was a happy family, so I'd say I was happy. How has your mental health journey evolved on your journey from childhood to adulthood? That's a good question. Um, because when I was little, I didn't even think about mental health. I didn't even know was was a thing. Actually, mm-hmm. I'll make it even better. When I went to the US, I didn't still believe in mental health. So if you if you've been to Amazon, like <laughs> me, I'm like, black. Yeah, I'm, I'm black. I'm hard. Yeah. Um, I put it off for a long time. I'll be like, no, my was out. Like he just, I'm change it. But when you sit down and think about it, and even till after I went through it with mm-hmm. my job, I mean, there's still a lot of other things that were behind that. But like with my job and going through a tough time, you get to experience how your mental health is affected. And that's when I remember them like, Carla, there's a lot of other people back home that are going through these things, but mm-hmm. your parents will tell you, Oh, you know, change you. Or like, just get you're over fine. it. Just yeah, get over you'll it. be fine. And then for boys, they'll say, you, You're a boy, you're a man. man. You need up. to be a man. You can't even cry, you know, like things like that. But I think it has evolved. It has changed in the way I look at it because I know it affects people, it affects your happiness, your joy, and you need to seek for help and counseling and yeah. talk to somebody about your mental health because when you try to keep these things to yourself they will even affect you more than yeah. you actually think and, and don't children. don't ignore it and, yeah <laughs> so yeah that's why I'm, I'm big about it and when i hear somebody talk about mental health i give respect and attention to it because there's a lot of people are going through that today i hear you i think i can also relate like i a lot of 
I don't want to say Ugandan, but African. We were just brought up in a way where mental health wasn't a thing. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not feeling great, I don't know, do something, you'll feel better. Just get out of it. And just like you, I think it took me a, a while for me to realize. Because me as a child, I was that sickly child yeah. who's always in the sick bay, mm-hmm. who's always what. And the doctors are checking. There is nothing wrong. Like, yeah. what is going on, you know? And then everyone is bullying you. Should I want to come to class? She's just what? So I think for me, it took a while. But when I finally, you know, got to that point where I understood what it takes for you to not even just be happy forever, but to water that happiness and try mm-hmm. to keep it consistent and what I think right now it's the biggest priority in my life. Even, you know, the whole podcast and everything. I think it's just more important for us to have those conversations a bit mm-hmm. more so yeah now as an adult i'm much more you know i wake up every day and i'm very sure that i have things that i have to do because this help me keep my mentor in check yeah so yeah for sure but that was a nice one. how would you describe a perfect day when you were young oh oh a perfect day when i was young um so it was definitely after the rain like it's not raining but the rain is done there mm-hmm. was that you know, after rain, the very it smells so great, the buds are out, the trees look so green, cleaned up mm-hmm. and what. So that was my favorite time to play. And I, I love to play from outside. And yeah. it's one of those kids who was always getting dirty every second because mm-hmm. I have to go outside and play with the stones because yeah. there are little people in my head and all that. So for me, I loved uh, after the rain. A perfect day is like after the rain, then a bit of sun has come up and you can go out and just play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, what well, about you? That makes sense. Uh, for me, actually, I was thinking about that, like, perfect day for me. Um, I used to like to go to Kampala. So, oh, no, yes. <laughs> Those trips were amazing. So when, whenever my dad would say I was going to Kampala, I would cry. I was like, mm. take me with you. And he would take me. But he would tell me, I don't have mm. money to buy you your own seat. Mm. You're going to have to sit on the Kameme. I don't even know what they call it in English. Ah, and that thing sense. was hot. Like, yeah. you sit on it, and your butt is warm. By the time you get to Kampala, you can't even sit on that. But I loved, every time, like, we would go to Kampala, yeah. I would just, like, like to go. And every time, if my dad had a car, and he's going to Kampala, then I would cry to go with him. So a perfect day was him taking me to Kampala. Mm. But also, I started watching football, soccer, Arsenal, when I was younger, like, when Arsenal wins. And I think that's still with me, actually, till today, because I still love soccer sports. So if Arsenal wins, I'm a happy person. But no, going out as a child, I think just leaving the house, there Mm -hmm. was something about it. Like, whether we're just going for lunch, I don't know what it was. There was just something so nice about getting dressed up. Was there a teacher or teachers who had a particularly strong influence on your life while at school? Tell me about that. In primary or any any level? Oh, huh. no. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Uh, I think there was a, there was a teacher that had a good. I'm trying to find them. Some those teachers used to cane us so bad, mm. like even in a good way. But like some of these teachers did not but listen. What schools did you go to? Huh. Okay. I went to like primary. There's a school called Narubule Rock Parent School. It's on Hoima Road. It's right mm. after Nansana. Then secondary, I went to St. John's, Wakiso Aces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also on Hymer Road. And then for my A-level, I went to Chisubi Mapea. So I was there for Form 5 and then went back That's to like St. John's. Yep, it's a mm-hmm. Catholic school. <laughs> We're just talking about yeah. that because I got my suit from Oscar Kampala and he's my OB from Oh my pair. God, you looked amazing. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Oscar, you have to pay for the ad. <laughs> so I found out he's yeah. uh, my OB from my pair. So we just started talking about my pair. Yeah. It was was amazing. But no, the teacher that impacted me in school, mm-hmm. I'll go to my I'll go with my geography teacher because he knew how much I loved geography. And oh, what was his name? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he knew I loved geography. Yeah. And he was like, "I'm gonna help you to do better." So he actually helped me, and I got a D one in geography and form six. Yeah. And I was really happy about it. My parents bought him a chicken. And I, <laughs> and I gave it to him. But yeah. like that was like class-wise. Um, but I was trying to think of a teacher that just helped me. You know, that's a struggle. And actually, I'll talk about that here. Because when teachers are in school, they're just focusing about them getting paid and doing their job as teachers, like to just teach you. But I feel like teachers need to help these students about 
because you're with them more than you're with your parents exactly. at that point. Like they need to help the students more of the outside world than just the class things. Like yeah. help these kids. You're a man. You've been in this life where these kids are coming. Besides telling them, you know, quita chemistry, you know, quita the physics, which is prepare them for the outside world. Like this and this and this and this. Talk about that too. I feel like in my life, there isn't a lot of teachers who did that for me. That's why I can't mention yeah, like anything. You have to think hard. Can yeah. you imagine? But like if there was a teacher that he said not only the class stuff, but outside class, this guy really helped me. So mm-hmm. I would argue the teachers to do that more and understand, build a relationship with these uh, students. And this changed when I after I moved to America because I, I did my college there, the university in the, in the States. But the professor's there. Like he's like a buddy of mine. Like we yeah. play together. We he teaches you in class, but you also do life together. And anyone who teachers feel like they are higher than they say, which they are. But like it helps a lot to build a relationship with the with the students. I hear you. I feel like it's really a pandemic because it comes down to like a lot of factors. Like we can't ignore the beating because it's like first of all, also that builds a lot of resentment in mm-hmm. the children so it's like it's hard for me to now connect with you on a human level mm-hmm. and then of course not even forgetting about the fact that we have people who are forced to be teachers we yeah. have people who yeah. this is not their passion yeah. and I really hate that because like I've seen personally right now I have some friends who have gotten into education and some of them that are so passionate about it and just seeing them and I'm just like I wish this was my teacher mm-hmm. you know someone that comes to class and they care like uh, you don't look happy today what, yeah. what's going on mm-hmm. we need more of that definitely and I think when I look back even me as well I didn't have so many teachers but I can say my English teachers from the start they've yeah. always been a big part of my life because like I said I first lived with my grandmother so I remember when I moved back with my dad I was very bad at English I could not speak good English like I had like the worst English and the kids were bullying me a lot for it so for me going to school it was like I have to be the best at English this yeah. time and I'm gonna be the best so I got so close to English teachers from an early start and like even going into high school I did literature even though I dropped it for A-level but like <laughs> even when I did sciences in my A-level you'd still find me like having a therapy session mm-hmm. with my literature teacher you know but like those things like even me doing sciences, I remember him being very open with me and saying, like, I think this is your real passion mm-hmm. and you're going to come back to it. Yeah. So those are the kind of conversations I feel like we need to have more with our teachers mm-hmm. because there's no one who teaches you about, like, exactly. we teach us all this SST, mm-hmm. all this English, but I'm not, what am I doing with the Netherlands and what's that helping mm-hmm. you directly today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing because you see a lot of kids who are going to <clears throat> study their books, to read their books, yeah, but he's always like number one. We have yeah. a kid in class. I had a kid in high school who was always number one. Mm-hmm. He knew everything the teachers are teaching, everything class wise. Yeah. But after we graduated from six, like he struggled mm-hmm. to make a, a living outside ah, world. He had he, good grades. Yeah. He had everything. But that goes on to show you that, and I'm not saying like you should be in a class you don't study because good grades don't help. But like yeah. that shows you like we need more onto the good grades because you're going to yeah. come out of when you're four of when you're eight and then life hits you because no one is nobody prepared you for that yeah, exactly. it doesn't matter anymore exactly. outside here yeah and i feel like even like imagine what it would do for our academic performances if like teachers and students had more relationships i feel like people would excel because mm-hmm. me i always passed those subjects where i was friends with the teacher mm-hmm. i always passed it's just a thing because okay. you like this person, like even as a person. So you mm-hmm. want to learn. You don't want to disappoint yeah. them. There's, you know. Did you get in trouble as a child? Okay. What was the worst thing you did? <laughs> yeah, I got into so much trouble as a child. Especially when I was still with my grandmother. That's like the first nine nine years of my life. But I got into trouble a lot, especially for playing. Yeah. The worst thing that I've done was, I guess, almost die. I have a scar on my head. (laughs) So I think I was like three or something. And I tried to get into the road. Yeah. Yeah. And like fell on like, um, those like trenches by the side of the road or what. So I fell on the edge. And my head just burst open. And there was, yeah, my grandmother was freaking out because it was a big wound. By the time it's now still visible. Yeah, it was a big thing. But I think for me, it was always things to do with safety. Playing was too much. Yeah. I had so many scars, climbing trees. Yeah. I think for me, I was, I want to say I was rebellious because at home I was a nice kid. My parents can testify. I was humble, yeah. quiet. 
But there's time uh, when I said school, I was rebellious. Like at school, I don't want somebody to tell me what to do. Yeah. Like I don't want, like I will go against any rule you put there. So I remember in my high school, the teacher, the head teacher said, we don't allow students to bring cars. And I learned how to drive at a young age. My mom had a car. I knew they said we don't allow students to bring a car, but I knew I'm going to look oh. cool. Oh, yeah. Was this for like promo something or just a normal day? Just a normal day. Mm-hmm. I think actually we're actually leaving. We're going back home like holiday. So my parents had gone, but there's a car at home. I escaped from school, went home, picked up the car, oh, wow. drove it to the school, <laughs> and then the whole school just came, finally, Bonnie has brought a car, Bonnie has brought a car. So yeah. I caused commotion in the whole school. The head teacher gets out of his office. He's like, what's going on? Everybody's in the, the compound. Everybody's yeah. screaming. The kids are screaming. And it wasn't even a fancy car. It was like a Raoum, those small cars. <laughs> Anything. Uh, so I brought it. And I caused commotion in the school. The guy was like, he called the Askari. Lock the gate. What? So they locked the gate, and this guy was pissed. He told yeah. me, get out of my school right now. And we, I still had some exams to do to come back, but it was like in a week. The guy was like, get out of my school right now. Yeah. And he wanted me to leave the car there and get out. So I left the car in the, in the parking. So now your parents have to find out now. Exactly. Oh. And my mom was on the board, oh, disciplinary no. board for the school. <laughs> So the following day, they called her in the school, and then she had to answer that. And it was her car oh, no. that I brought. But yeah, I got yeah. in so much trouble. And then when I was at Chisubi, I was in the science class, and there's arts class. But So we cleaned our class, and then for the afternoon, they didn't want to dis- make their class dirty. They came to have preps in our class, and they made it dirty. I was like, why don't you guys want to use your class? Because we clean ours, and I, it was my turn to clean it. Mm. So... They locked the class, and then me and another friend of mine, shout out to our boss, Mustafa. <laughs> we went and broke the padlock on the arts class, mm-hmm. and we purposely made That's, that class no. dirty. With just what? on purpose. Just dirt, just, just disorganized, throwing papers, just paying them back. I think I look back now, it was childish, but mm. I was, I'm not regretting it. So the following yeah. day, the class teacher for the... So that's class like who threw my padlock? I almost got expelled, but <laughs> they gave us a little punishment and were forgiven. But also speaking English was also another thing I did not want to do because mm-hmm. I was into sports and they, it was not fun to talk about. And then uh, asking, you can't be telling and then asking, pass the ball. No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I say that you can punish me, whatever. So I did it purposely. I know I'm gonna get punished. Yeah. So I was preparing myself. You are always mentally. on the yeah. list for. Yeah. Luganda speaking. We had this thing of like the best. Did you guys have a suck? No, we did not. But they gave us punishment of like sweeping the whole school and mopping all the classes. Mm. So they would read the best furniture speaker in the whole week, and I think I was like, my name would be there two times or two times a week. So <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. a little stubborn. But you have to stick I'm, to I'm your mother tongue. Um, are there any funny stories your family members or relatives tell about you that come to mind? <laughs> I've been going to know you. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't think of any on top of my head what they would tell. Mm-hmm. But I think my mom tells a story of when I think I was around eight and my brother was like 10. We we're going to Kenya. My mom is Kenyan. So yeah. she lost the money for our. They, at that time, they were using travel documents like in Bali. Mm-hmm. So you pay 5000 They would take a passport photo and then you cross to go to Kenya. But she, threw, she lost the money. So we got to the border. She doesn't have the money. She tells the immigration guy that, can you keep my passport so you can give my kids those travel documents? Because the passport, you have to go find it. Yeah. The guy was like, no. So me and my brother said, told my mom, like, we've watched a lot of movies. Don't worry about us. We're going to find a way. <laughs> so we made ourselves like locals. You know, the, we're on Malaba border. So they oh, have those no. two gates. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we just walked through those gates to the Kenya side. Mm-hmm. Without paying anything, without do- travel documents, and then we just told mom when you cross through the Kenya side, tell the bus driver to pick us up. That's what we did, and then we crossed the border without documents, mm-hmm. without paying. But because we didn't, my mom doesn't like to break rules, but she just said, "You guys do what you want." We mm-hmm. came back when she got the money. We came back to the border and got the travel documents after like a week of being in Kenya. Uh, so we came back and got yeah, that. Yeah, I think my mom tells that story. She didn't know how crazy we were at the age of mm. eight crazy or smart maybe Whichever. yeah yeah <laughs> i feel for like for me the 
story that that I I want them to definitely stop telling that my family members won't stop my grandmother won't stop talking about um there's at this point where she had a shop so she had like a shop with things and what so there was like a veranda or what and of course it's going right into the road so I got to a point where all my other aunties and uncles were in boarding school and what and she's really like the one there and she has to also handle the shop and so she got to a point where she because I couldn't stay in one place mm-hmm. she had to tie me to a, you know those tailoring machines yeah. yeah 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 so she had to tie my one leg to it so that I don't leave oh and then she would, I know I'm just like guys this is literally child abuse but <laughs> yeah but yeah like she yeah. really wants to stop telling it <laughs> what from your childhood do you want to bring into your kids lives what would you rather not mm. okay I feel like I already touched a bit on this definitely that travel travel is a big part um if i get children traveling is a big part of it especially at an early age because i want them to not be limited or you know just here and i feel like sometimes you grow up thinking that the whole world is just like this like uganda and mm-hmm. sometimes it's a good thing to go out and see that things are different and if you work hard <laughs> yeah. you know yeah so that's a big big deal and the other thing this is actually not even directly coming from my childhood but it's um it's something that's just so common over here but uh beating my children that's mm-hmm. something i'm very intentional about not doing i don't know what will happen when i get there i yeah. don't know sometimes things can happen but i'm very intentional about it because i just feel like all the times that i was beaten no what though it was like mostly school or what like for me i don't think it helped my mm-hmm. character development in any way i was I angry and resentful instead of listening and being compliant so i don't want that i don't want my children to, to go through that and then the other thing that i'm very serious about is um them going to schools that don't just push their minds and their academics but them being um having curriculums or schools that are very practical based very like i want my kids from a young age just to do whatever they want to do mm-hmm. i don't want them to go through this whole thing that we've yeah. all gone through because you know me and my dad almost didn't talk for like three years oh wow yeah i'm fighting because i come from a medical background so i dropped out of school to do this and i don't want my kids to go through that whole thing mm-hmm. where you first do something you don't even want and i want to support them from the start yeah Yeah. what about you oh wait before that you have a child already yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah, yeah. when you touch when you touch oh, about like they haven't congratulated you in person thank you thank you yeah, yeah i have a daughter she's yeah. eight months yeah. um isla isla chibuka isla kekibu chibuka yeah um yeah that topic of caning it's been something i've thought about um yeah i don't want to cane them yeah. well, i think in america it's illegal <laughs> it should be legal yeah. here yeah but i also to some extent a little extent i understand yeah. why they came us because i feel like at some point i see my life and i'm like if they didn't came me mm-hmm. i would have gone astray a little bit mm-hmm. but that's to a little extent if it's a percentage it's like one percent because for me i feel like i learn a lot when somebody talks to me tell me, me bonnie this is not right like if you do this this is going to happen to you Mm-hmm. and then i'll think about it as a person i'm like yeah you're right mm-hmm. i don't want to do this but like when you and that's why i go back to how why i was rebellious because when people just came to me i just felt like i want to do it more right? like i know what so you're going to do like i know what you're going to do you're going to cane me how many 25 okay i'm here i'm going to go do that and i know i'm going to get my 25 later you know great so it doesn't change a lot but the thing i want to bring in my kids is just knowing being humble and just being respectful being humble takes you a long way mm. in life um a lot of people when they gain some fame become famous they kind of be proud but when being humble takes you a long way and when i say that a lot of people that came to my live show who helped me yeah it's from the relationship i've built with them and the connection i built with them they're like oh no but i would love to help you like people who participated in that the MCs the guests themselves yeah. it's like oh no we see how you are we want to come there and support you and be there for you mm. but when you're proud when you kill all the relationships you have it's not going to like help you so it takes you a long way and brings a lot so uh, I like to bring that to my kids lives so just be humble no matter where you are in life mm. that's going to help you a lot can you say 
be humble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a big deal. But um, I think going back to the caning thing just a bit, I feel like you said something and I think it just uh, made me realize that I think a lot of parents came because they didn't even have the time to sit down with their exactly. kids and like have conversations because conversations are harder work it's easy to mm-hmm. cane someone mm-hmm. and beat them up you know give them their strokes or whatever but i feel like i want to be a really involved parent and mm-hmm. i know that's hard like it means but you're not financially slaved to yeah. you know some type of job where you're nine to five a lot of us didn't see our parents come back home it mm-hmm. was in the morning you hear the car leave in the evening you hear it come back while you've already gone to bed yeah. and i really don't want that yes yeah. thing. i want to be in kids life it's it's important to be in the kids For life sure. like even when at least when you show that you're trying the kids will also understand like my dad is busy but yeah. he's making an effort like but when you don't show that effort it's it's hard like it doesn't mean you're not going to be busy but just make an effort and show it to them so they can see it how would your classmates and friends from school or childhood remember you are you still friends with anyone from that time in your life yes i'm still friends with a lot of my high school friends actually on the live show mm-hmm. i think i had over like 20 people that i went Damn. to school with. Yeah. the dj was my we went to the same from primary to form six yeah. same schools we've been best friends and mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying like his music he came and played music there it was another guy wearing white he was also my classmate uh, from my pair mm-hmm. there was also other people in the audience who were my schoolmates um i think that's what they would talk about me and we still have the relationship i like to keep the relationship with them so yeah yeah, yeah and of course i think it says a lot about someone if they can keep a friendship for that long yeah. and again also people that have i mean i'm also in that adulting balance where it's like there's these new friends that i've met as an adult and they've met this version this version of me and then there are those people who know that version you yeah. know you have seen you go through experiences or what and like those shared experiences and very much in contact i think especially in my high school yeah because i went to one high school for six years but i went to seven primary schools seven. yeah i know i know like i said i was wow. moving a lot like we were moving a lot so yeah 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 but i think high school is what gave me that stability of like okay six years and then i kind of made friends there but i think they would pretty much describe me in the same only that i was very talkative i was always on the noise making list and that in the biology class <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i was always talking so i feel like i should have known from the start that whatever yeah. i wanted to do with life had something to do with talking yeah. I, I was just not getting the memo but i think talkative but also still very, I think I've always been very loving, very caring. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we talk at you. Yeah, when you get past that. Yeah. The solution I, <laughs> yeah. for that, I was talkative too and stubborn. The solution was for me to go into being a perfect. I'm also a former perfect. No, now yeah. for me, even as a perfect, I was those perfects who are punished for oh, not really? punishing people. Oh. We had to write statements. No, I was a perfect, but everybody <laughs> loved me. But people mm. was person. And mm. I was a head boy. And mm. actually in Form 3. And then I was a uh, education library prefect in Form Five. I was a center prefect. Why does that sensible thing? Yeah. What, what was entertaining? <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was it for me. No, no, but I like uh, post aside being a leader. I think does a lot of character development. Mm-hmm. Even for me, I think even all the leadership qualities that I possess now, yeah. making career wise work, you know, when it's start a business, all those things. I feel like being a, a prefect mm-hmm. was you just now kind of get to another level of responsibility. And as a child, you don't really know what responsibility yeah. is. Yeah. yeah so what were the hardest moments you had oh. growing up, and what lessons did you learn from it? Okay, um, I think for me the hardest moment was the ship when I was about nine. Okay. That ship, first of all, finding out that my parents were not my parents. I think it does a lot for you as a child. But I think that shift and trying to adapt new city, new school, new people that I don't know. So that I think that did a lot for me. And I think even today I can go somewhere where no one knows me. And it's very easy for me to fit in. It's very mm-hmm. easy for me to connect to people. This moment was, I, I mentioned about the times when we didn't have three meals. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, now I'm saying it's hard now because I'm looking back. Yeah. But I don't know what I was thinking at the time, like as a child. Like, I thought my dad doesn't want to take care of us. And it was hard because I had friends who had three meals a day. Uh, of course, as a child, you're comparing. Yeah, you're comparing. And that's yeah. why comparison was a lot for me that time. And 
made me make bad decisions. And I think that's where I learned that. Le- oh, the question says, what yeah, lessons what you learned? Lesson? That's yep. where I learned those lessons because <laughs> yeah. I hosted Pastor Bugembe on my podcast and he said, comparison is a thief of joy. Like, whenever you compare yourself to other people, it steals yeah. your joy. Like that, I learned that as a young, at a young age. Right now, I don't compare myself to somebody. I see you have a cool mic. I'm gonna yeah. work hard, and get, get it. I'll be like, man, you have a good mic. I like it. Um, I'm not gonna say anything else. Like, I'm gonna work hard, get it. But I'm not gonna hate you because you have a cool mic because you yeah. have this. I want you to help me. Like, hey, where did you buy your mic? Like that way. Yeah. But every time you compare yourself to another person, uh, they're doing good, and then you get. It kills your joy. It kills yeah. your vibe. So that's a lesson I have learned. Mm, that's that. a very nice attitude to yeah. have. Okay, so what was the relationship that you had with your parents like growing up? And how does that affect your love life today? I think I talked about that earlier, about my relationship with my dad. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't that great. We didn't really have a lot of com- conversation, communication. But I think it was until I turned 18. But it wasn't bad. I'm not going to say it like empty yeah it was just empty it wasn't like i can't tell you like hey we did this and this and this and that and that but once i grew up then actually that relationship got better because now you can talk to him about anything by Mm -hmm. the time when i was little i didn't even know what to say to him he didn't like we we didn't really have anything he wasn't bad he was he caned us a lot (laughs) he everything like you you do something wrong they'll cane you he caned me my mom caned me they they caned me a lot, lot, but I didn't. I don't think that killed my relationship with them. I knew they were doing what they were supposed to do as parents to be able to raise me. And to some extent, you give them credit. Maybe what they did helped me to be in this position. Mm, yeah. But I also say like maybe they would have done it in a different way, and I still turn out to be the same. Who knows? Mm. But that's that's what the relationship was like with with my parents. And as an adult, before you got married, you feel like it affected the partners you chose in any way or did it no i don't think so mm-hmm. one thing i remember for sure like even if my parents had an argument you wouldn't hear about it that, you wouldn't nice. see it like they would either go to the bedroom and sort that out mm-hmm. um but you would never see them like fight in front of you and that's what i i took out of that now even if it's not a, a partner even if it's not a love of person it's a friendship um i have a problem with you I'm yeah. going to put you on the side and say, Tina, I didn't really like what you did here yeah. uh, because this is what... But also it helps now that I actually have a bachelor's degree in cultural anthropology of studying about different cultures and how to resolve conflicts, how to avoid conflict because the way I take my life now, if you did something wrong to me, I'm not going to back at you. I'm not going to scream at you. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the side and I'll ask you a question. Why did you do that? You yeah. tell me your reason why you did it. And then I'm like, what would that make? What would that make you feel? Or something like that. People think that's stupid, but it helps a lot. Yeah, I feel like it to, helps because you'd also feel like ashamed. Yeah. Like, why did you? Do yeah, this? exactly. And it helps you yeah. to not overreact because somebody. I do things a lot with a different perspective, and what I think is okay might not be okay with you. Yeah. Like, oh, I did this because I was thinking about it in this way. Yeah, but when we talk through it, then we avoid the long run of screaming at each other. Yeah, but there's some yeah. people who don't do it like that, so that also helps a lot, and it has changed the so way. But then that's how it's affecting think. your love life, because yeah. it means that you're probably not shouting with your partner either. So no. you, I can see that. Yeah, but that's nice. I think for me, I I got quite the other end of the stick. <laughs> I'm just one of those people with deep daddy issues, which yeah. directly obviously comes with my relationship with my dad, mm-hmm. and self-awareness is key but i definitely see it for like i see progress but at first it was like you're looking for your father you're looking for someone who's as emotionally unavailable as they were Mm -hmm. and yeah and it's like a constant attention seeking and yeah yeah, kind of cycle so i feel like yeah how has your adult life been different from what you'd imagine you'd have imagined (laughs) um i think as a child you just you draw all these rainbows and heels of like how perfect it's going to be when you leave your father's house and you're going to be free and you know and you, and as a girl the biggest thing that I thought I wanted was freedom because I was never really allowed to go anywhere so you think when you're an adult and you can go wherever you want life is going to be perfect mm-hmm. yeah so I think um what I was definitely not prepared for is just how I mean life is hard 
That's mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. As a child, I thought things were easy. You're an adult, you have a job, you have a house, you have what? But now as I've gotten there, I've realized that things are hard, but um, it gets quite easy mm-hmm. when you like immerse yourself into it, whatever it is. If it's work, I'm going to do it passionately. You can have your way around it. So I think yeah. it's not as perfect. It's not the bed of roses. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. But the thorns are fine too. <laughs> so it's just yeah. that sweet and sour. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What did you imagine? Huh. See, my life is different from other people. Yeah. Because what I imagined from my life is not actually what happened. But what happened was better than what I imagined. Yeah. So I got more than what I looked at. Yeah. When I was younger, I didn't think I would leave Wakiso. I didn't think I would be anything, anything special because they would send me for school fees. We mm. were not rich. So I didn't see myself anywhere. I didn't see myself going yeah. to America. I didn't see myself doing aviation in airplanes and stuff. Yeah. But when I got in high school, I started picking interest in that. And my dreams kind of just changed. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. And then when it actually mm-hmm. happened, so I'd say like, I like to say I achieved my dreams. I'm still on the journey like to go, but like the life I'm living right now is not what I imagined. It's, it's more better. than yeah, it's better than what I dreamed. Yeah. I dreamed and um but I know I can be better. And even the smallest things when I was in Uganda before I left for the US, I set goals aside like what I wanted to do. I wanted to get a passport, I wanted to get a driver's license and I wanted to get remember what the other was, right after senior six. Yeah. So I started working on each one of them, and I did. Once I make that, I check it off. I do that, I check it off. So it has it helped me. I got to a point where I need to get more goals. I need to dream Yeah, because these more. ones have been accomplished. Yeah, these ones have been accomplished. <laughs> I need to yeah. dream bigger. So like, and that's where I'm at right now in my life is like, God has helped me to be where I'm at. Now I'm just like, how can I be better? What can I do to add on the community, help people uh, with what I've done? And also I believe that will also keep taking me higher um, yeah. I don't want people to think in Atuko, Yamala, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's still things you still struggle with and do, but also you have to appreciate where yeah, God has, has brought you. So, yeah, so that's what I would say. Um, What traits or habits do you get from your parents? Hey, so <laughs> I was actually going to just say that because we're doing a podcast, and if, I don't know if you've noticed, like when I'm sitting, mm. my leg is shaking like this. Leg oh, is really? Yeah, too. I do like the leg shake like this, mm. and I also like cross my legs like this. I, actually, when you asked me that, I was just crossing like that. Yeah. So we're recording one, and I was with him, and they said that exactly your dad. And like when I'm walking, I mm. have my back, my hands in the back. Sometimes, if I'm walking alone, just thinking, just taking a walk. I like to put my both my hands on the back. Mm. My dad does a lot. I think all the traits I have mostly are from my dad, like the way he does his things and the way yeah. he sits. Um, yeah, it's, it's just from my dad. That's but it's so funny how we like even if you're not close with your parent, like they're just things that will rub off yeah. on you yeah. without even wanting them to. And I feel like for me, I'm also the same. Like I get a lot from my dad. Mm-hmm. Not sure. If because it was like my primary, I guess, caregiver. Yeah. But um, I've noticed that I think the biggest trait that I get from my dad is his kindness. My dad mm-hmm. is like the kindest person I'd ever met. And as a child, it used to annoy me. Like we're from church. Now you have to greet a hundred people, yeah. do what? And then, you know, as a child, you don't understand it. Like we're going here. Now we are in a lift. Now there are 60 people in our back mm-hmm. seat. You get So as a child, I never understood it. But now I think as an adult, it's the, and it's also the thing that has bonded us, you know. So I feel like the giving, the willingness to give and that kind of thing. But yeah, uh, I feel like we'll talk to the cows home, yeah, get home if sure. we get into our childhood. Mm-hmm. But um, it was really nice having you here. Yeah. But uh, before you go, I wanted to know what kind of message you'd leave with someone who is here in Uganda and they're trying to be a content creator, you know, like you, they want to have a show like the Ugandan Boy Talk show. <laughs> and right now they just feel very limited, whether yeah. it's, you know, equipment or not even content or whatever, but they just feel like they can't do it. Mm-hmm. But you're a boy from Wakiso who's mm-hmm. done it. So what can you tell them? Yeah. What one they one do? thing I really love, and this is my goal for 2024, is collaboration of a competition. Yep. I feel like on your podcast is something you can add to my podcast. Yeah. I feel like on my podcast is something I can add. We for might sure. be on the different levels of where we are with life, but 
if there's always somebody who can add something to you. Yeah. And once we capture that as content creators in Uganda, yeah. collaboration over competition, we're going to help each other succeed. Just like the Kenyans are doing. Exactly. But when you see like our music thing here in Uganda, I'm the big, I'm the whatever, they mm. get even names. That's why they fight over and over. Um, but for the content creator in Uganda here, those who are on another level, they should lend a hand to somebody who is studying. Yeah. The, I have a motto on my podcast. I don't really use it on my logos and stuff, but I have we rise by lifting each other up. So like we're going to support each other and we rise together. Mm-hmm. Um, so the content creators that are already out there that are doing things, they should hold up on like help the other person. And for me to have a successful show, it was small. It was my first ever live podcast. And I say that as a joke because I was like, man, I'm going to Uganda. Why don't I do a show? I started in like October. Mm. I didn't think about it. I didn't say I'm going to do a live show like yeah. a year before, which now that I know I'm going to, every time I come to Uganda, I'll yeah, make sure like, like, I do a second edition, do something yeah. like that. So it'd be pretty cool. But I feel like we have to support each other mm-hmm. and help each other because we're all at different levels and we're struggling with that, like, competition. Mm-hmm. So people think, like, when we're doing the same thing, we're competing. Oh. Like, we're not competing. Like, you yeah. having a podcast, there's no way it's going to affect me. Right? There's no way it's going to... I'm just yeah. excited because you're doing it. Like, we can share ideas. We can mm-hmm. both support each other. We're both going to succeed. People don't have that in the head of, like, they don't believe that both people can succeed doing the same thing. And it's mm-hmm. only actually the same because... The way you do your podcast is different from how I do mine. And the people who are going to love how you do yours, the people who are going to love how I do mine, the people... And at the end of the day... Yeah. Who won't like any? Exactly. (laughs) And at the end of the day, there's somebody who is going to benefit. And that's the goal of the podcast. That's the goal of my podcast. I don't fight for numbers. I don't fight for... I'll do my work. I do my job. I put it out there. Somebody who watches it and interests him, that's for you. And somebody who doesn't like it, I agree. There's podcasts I don't listen to. I'm not going to lie. You know, because that's not my type and I take the, I don't take that as an offense I know there's somebody else who it's meant for so I'll just say like people content creators here those who want to start podcasts just keep doing what you're doing be consistent I know sometimes it's hard but just do it because you love it and out of your heart so just just do it yeah and uh, just to conclude I feel like just echoing on that collaboration point I feel like it's really that thing that's going to push Uganda you know to the next level because I mean, we have very few content creators. Like, I don't even see where the, the competition would come from, you know? Because even if we were selling G-nuts by each other on the roadside, the way you sell yours is not the same mm-hmm. way, you know? Even if it was the same product. So I feel like we need to definitely do that more. And I love that we have platforms like these. Even the fact that, you know, you called your show the Ugandan Voice of Show, because that's you sharing your platform with the mm-hmm. country. Yeah. There's so many people that would go out there and just be like, ah, me, I left Uganda. I don't mm-hmm. want anything to do with that place. But I love that you're holding the flag high and you're representing, yeah. <clears throat> which is huge, you know. But it was so nice to have you on. Yeah. I'm glad that this finally happened. Maybe until you come back home, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a part two. Yeah. But I've definitely learned so I'll much. I'll have you on my podcast too. For sure, and, for uh, sure. I've learned so much from you as well. So yeah. I'm just really honored. Um, any parting shots? No parting shots. But <laughs> actually, you know, for, not for the listeners. The listeners more. Subscribe, follow her podcast. And <laughs> my podcast. Nice yeah, I do stuff. all that good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll, no, I'll reserve my comments so when I have my questions when i have you in my podcast i like sure. these questions that i have but also mm-hmm. like as one idea like i like to share i'm gonna give it away to people who do podcasts and that what has helped me to be consistent people ask me a lot of that i've released yeah. 180 episodes mm-hmm. people ask you tell me uganda how are you able to do all those episodes when i was starting my podcast i was researching and doing stuff i was like how can i get um questions Mm-hmm. Oh, how can I get guests? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's hard. So I came up with a signature question for the podcast, like, who would you like to see on my podcast next? Uh, I thought they can recommend the next so person. So when you host me on your podcast, I'll recommend, I would love to hear a story from this person. Nice. It doesn't mean those people are going to say yes, Yeah, but, but it gives you an option. So you don't have to be out there looking at like, who do I host next? Who do ah, I host next? Yeah. That has helped me a lot. So I would say people who are hosting podcasts, you can take that on. Um, it's not a co- sure. it's not a copyrighted thing, so you can just <laughs> yeah, take it on and just use it. Um, mm. I think it works for consistent. most of us because yeah. even me, the guests that I've had, most times when someone comes on, they will like 
yeah. tell someone else or someone will listen to their episode and mm-hmm. be like oh my friend could come on as well so yeah yeah but working together is the thing for yep, sure for sure yeah 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 but otherwise it was so nice to do this um guys i really hope you followed us at this point i don't like shouting it's just follow us know, on yeah. our socials and everything and where can we find you the Ugandan Boy Talk Show on every social media platform and yeah. all wherever you get your podcasts. It should be everywhere. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or whatever they call Spotify Podcasters, um, YouTube. Yeah. Guys, go support my YouTube. YouTube is hard and I don't have money to buy followers. People buy um, followers. They do. They do. They do. So like people buy followers, people buy views. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Whether you come and find two views, yeah. two people, that's those are the people that came and watched it. So. Came. I'm not yeah. going to buy it. So if you go on my YouTube and you find two views, those are the people that watch it. I didn't buy them. Yeah. And if you find like Prim's episode is now like 2.5 thousand. Like I didn't buy any of those. Those are two people who decided to watch. So we are growing to Zimbabwe Zimbabwe. I don't have money to buy followers. So people who <laughs> follow can follow us. me, just follow. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Yeah, Thank but you. we'll attach everything. Otherwise, it was so nice to have you. Yeah, yeah usually just Say bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Nice bye, guys. You nice to be here. Time.